Blog Talk Radio. Romans 2 and 5. Nope. The righteous judgment of the Most High, who will yep. render unto every man according to his nope. deeds, to them who by patience continue yep. in some well-doing seek nope. for glory and honor and immorality, yep. eternal life. But unto them that are nope. contentious and do not obey the yep. truth, but obey unrighteousness, indignation, and wrath. Great Luke You an African-American? Nope. You believe that's your heritage? Yep. Do you know who you are? Nope. King, queen? Yep. Nigga with back? Nope. Do you shine like a star? Yep. Think they gon' tell you? Nope. We gon' expose them? Yep. Yeah. They gon' take your life? Nope. So many secrets in the vault? Yep. Do this knowledge cost? Nope. Hop in the book to my? Yep. Do you follow these laws? Nope. Do they still exist? Yep. Have time to wait? Nope. Do we have grace? Yep. Continue with sin?
you got to choose one. Who you gonna choose the most? I see it's Two sides to choose from. You got to choose one. Who you gonna choose? Who you gonna choose? Got to choose. All right, all right, all right. You're gonna learn today. All right, all right, all right. You're gonna learn today. All right, all right, all right, all right. Shalom, 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 and good evening. Welcome once again to another episode of Square Truth Presents. I keep saying that because I'm, I'm tired, y'all. Where my mind wants to go on just automatic, you know, muscle memory. Shalom, 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 shalom. Welcome once again to another episode of Bible Talk. Yes, today is Tuesday. As a matter of fact, it's Tuesday, uh, February 6th. As a matter of fact, it's Tuesday, February 6th. Um, Yes, normally um, uh, today's schedule is supposed to be Tazapot Tuesdays um, with the help of with him, with the assistance of his wife, Asadaya, as they normally bring you Tazapot Tuesdays, where they normally do an hour of current events and they uh, continue on with the, the, the topics and the subjects and the series that he's been doing. But the brother's at the plantation. The brother is at work, all right, um, having to hold things down uh, when it comes to those things. So. I went ahead and stepped in for today. I went and stepped in for today. Um, so please, please bear with me um, uh, as as I go ahead and try and, and there's no way I'm going to be able to step in the shoes of, of, of the brother. But as I try and come in and, and, and try and keep things going and just try and keep the teaching going for myself. Um, since I just started, you know, I'm being a little bit selfish right now. Since I've been forced to have to go ahead now, um, uh like be distracted from trying to keep the most high's word being taught as if I'm not doing anything um, and having to prove my manhood by having to get a, get a job. Um, I also am, am doing this, uh, the show tonight. I want to make sure that, that the most high season knows that my heart and my priority is to make sure his word gets out and that that's what's important to me. All right. And that that's where my heart is truly at that. I, I, I want to see the nation of Israel be saved. Um, so I want to do my part and make sure that this teaching does continue, that his words continue, continue to get out, whether people want to listen to it or not, <clears throat> not even that it has to come out of my mouth or that it has to come out from, from, from me, but that the words of the Most High, the salvation for the nation of Israel, which, which leads to the salvation of the world, is going to be contingent upon God's word getting out, all right? and that God's word gets out, and that, that the people that are supposed to get God's word and be sealed with God's word that they're going to get it um, so that Armageddon can, can quickly get here. And upon Armageddon getting here and the nations being uh, in a climax of World War III, which is going to be uh, um, accomplished, as the scriptures does, does, does say, with fire, um, with pitch. When we read Isaiah, the 13th chapter, the prophecies of Isaiah, chapter 13, as well as like Jeremiah, chapter 50, Jeremiah, chapter 51. Um, Ezekiel 38, uh, just the whole book of Revelations, there is going to be with fire. And we know the the largest fire that mankind has been able to to invent or come up with is nuclear fire. This this, this, this Armageddon or World War III is going to be with nuclear fire uh, from the nations, as well as the fire that God himself is going to be bringing. which could be anything from volcanoes, uh, 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 literally going off, super volcanoes going off, as well as whatever fire and whatever whatever technology the, the Lord the, is going to be coming with the angels, that the only way people are going to be saved 
from that destruction, which is going to be the destruction of Babylon the Great, the destruction of spiritual Egypt, the destruction of um, the, the sinful kingdom, um, that the only salvation that is going to be is going to be from what Christ brings, right? from what Christ brings to be saved from that destruction. So the more we teach, let me, since we're on that topic, since my mind is there, let's go real quick to Revelation chapter 7. All right, let's go real quick to Revelation chapter 7. And then I'll continue on with the uh, my soapbox and everything. Well, we'll go to Revelation chapter 7, brothers and sisters. Uh, let's go to Revelation chapter 7, we'll start at verse 1. Revelation chapter 7, verse 1. And it says, And after these things, I saw four angels standing on the four corners of the earth and holding the four winds of the earth, that the wind should not blow on the earth, nor on the sea, nor on any tree. Now, we know, again, this is John, John, John on the island of Patmos. The same John who gave us the book of, of uh, in the Gospels of St. John. The same John who gave us 1 John, 2 John, 3 John, and also now was, uh, the book of Revelation was given to him as well. So this is John, and he's, telling, he's, he's recording things that were being shown to him while on the island of Patmos on the Sabbath day. He tells you that in Revelation chapter, chapter 1, right? So he says, again, Revelation chapter 7, verse 1. And after these things, I saw four angels standing on the four corners of the earth, uh, holding the four winds of the earth, that the wind should not blow on the earth, nor on the sea, nor on any tree. All right? So he, he, in this vision, it's not a dream. Let, let me get that out the way up first off. In this vision that's been given to him um, from the Most High, all right, from the Most High and from Christ, that there's the, the, the four great angels, four, there's four archangels, and generally we, we understand, understand them to be Michael, Gabriel, Raphael, and Uriel, that there's four angels standing on the four corners of the earth, uh, one standing in the north, one standing in the south, one standing on the east, one standing in the west, uh, that are holding the four winds of the earth. What we're going to find out as we read, this, read, read further on, that this wind that these angels are, are holding back is destruction. All right, it is destruction. That there, there's four angels standing on the four corners of, of, of the earth, and that these four angels are holding back destruction. And it says that the wind should not blow on the earth, nor the sea, nor any tree. Now, all this is symbolic, brothers and sisters. Um, the the, uh, the wind um, blowing on the, the earth, the sea, and the tree, all this is symbolic. It's symbolism, it's allegories, it's metaphors. As we keep reading, it's going to kind of explain itself. All right, in verse 2. Uh, Revelation chapter 7, verse 2, and it says, And I saw another angel ascending from the east, having the seal of the living God. And he cried with a loud voice to the four angels, to whom it was given to hurt the earth and the sea. So remember in verse 1, it said that the four angels were standing in the four corners, holding the four winds of the earth. Here in verse 2, it explains what these four angels, who are standing on the four corners of the earth, what they're doing. It says that they're holding back the wind from hurting the earth and the sea, all right? And that as they're standing on the four, the four corners of the earth, the four, uh, um, holding back the, this hurt, this destruction that's going to be released from the four corners, from the north, from the south, from the east, and from the west, that another angel ascending from the east has a seal of the living God. And we're going to find out what that seal is. Right? We're going to find out what that seal is that, that, that's coming from God. Now, just, you know, just a little little... Um, how, how do I want to say this? If you're familiar with the Bible, <clears throat> particularly when you read uh, Revelation chapter 13, you know that the there's the mark of the beast, right? 
the beast or, or Satan, if you will, or the enemy, the adversary, if you will, have you, have you want to word that or, or put that into your, 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 your mental matrix, that there's, a, there's the mark of the beast, but then there's the seal of God, all right? There's the mark of the beast, and then there's the seal of God. And I'm not going to get into that, the details of those things there. The brother Kazakia with the Stream of Wisdom on Nova Virginia has done a, uh, an excellent series the, uh, covering the mark of the beast and the seal of God on their YouTube channel, right, on their YouTube channel. So uh, please look up on, on YouTube, SOW, Stream of, uh, SOW Nova Virginia, uh, Stream of Wisdom. Um, and once you pull their, their, their YouTube page up, uh, you go to the search box and, and type in Mark of the Beast. And he covers that extent, him and the brother Quadrazop and the brother, I think he had the brother, um, uh, uh, whether Shaquat, but they cover that in a series explicitly clear. If you want to go and check that out. So I just want to bring everybody's attention here in Revelation 10 verse 2 that there's a seal of the living God, um, that God has a seal. All right. Um, and that this angel that has this seal of God has cried with a loud voice to the four angels to whom it was given to hurt the earth and the sea. Reading out of Revelation chapter 7, verse 3, saying, saying, hurt not the earth, neither the sea, nor the trees, till we have sealed the servants of our God in their foreheads. So these angels are holding back these winds. One angel standing in the north holding back uh, destruction that's coming from the north. An angel from the south, holding back destruction that's coming from the south. An angel in the east, that's holding back destruction that's coming from the east. And an angel in the west, that's going holding back destruction that's coming from the west. And what we're going to find out is, again, that it's talking about warfare. All right? It's talking about warfare. That they're holding back the, the winds of war. And you might be familiar with it. You might have heard that term before. The winds of war. And the destruction from the nations, which is pointing to, and I'm not going to go through all the book of Revelations. That's not going to happen today. But it's pointing to World War I, World War II, and World War III. So it's saying, don't let the, this destruction that's coming from the nations, um, from the trees. Uh, uh, and we know that, that in the Bible, tr uh, men can be referred to as trees. All right, just real quick, just real quick. Um, Yeah, walking. Make sure I got the type right. When we go to Mark chapter eight, verse twenty-four, and I know I'm going fast, so this this point I want to get to. But when we go to Mark chapter eight, verse twenty-four. It says, "And he looked up and said, I see men as trees walking.' All right. There's a whole class that we we've gone over this. Uh, I've got I've I've covered this in series on uh, here on Blog Talk. The brother Tazapa has covered this um, on Blog Talk. Um, our YouTube channels from SOW Houston, SOW Norfolk. Um, uh, we've covered this extensively. All right. Uh, the brother Kyle Cobb, when he was doing blog talk, he's covered it. Um, it, it, it I mean, this topic has been covered about Genesis, uh, the first chapter, Genesis, the third chapter. It's been covered. It's out there if you really want to want to get it. And maybe we, we might revisit this. Um, maybe we might revisit it and bring it, bring it, back, bring it back out again. But in a, the quickest nutshell possible. When we reference Mark chapter 8, verse 24, he says, I looked up and said, I see men as trees walking. Now, in the Bible, men can be referred to as trees. So when we think about the Garden of Eden, where Adam and Eve were, that not only were there actual trees, like actual fruit trees, there were actual 
um, uh, pecan trees, actual oak trees, actual redwood trees, that they were act- willow trees, that they were actual trees, but trees is also referring to people, all right? That trees is also an allegory or a metaphor or a reference to people, that there were other people in the garden besides Adam and Eve, all right? Um, and I might go all into that, but there were other people in the, gar- in the garden. There were other nations in the garden besides Adam and Eve, okay? So coming back now to uh, Revelation chapter 7, verse 3, when it's talking about hurting not the earth, neither the sea nor the trees, that the trees here is also referring to not just the destruction of nature, but of people, all right? And that, the, that there's, going, there's warfare and destruction is going to be coming from the nations, Nations that are in the north, nations in the south, nations from the east, nations from the west, hence World War III, hence Armageddon. But it's being said to the angels, don't let this destruction loose yet. This warfare that's going to consume the whole earth and what's going to be the climax of World War III, or in Revelations, Armageddon, which is going to be the destruction of Babylon the Great, which is going to be the destruction of uh, spiritual Sodom and Gomorrah. There's going to be destruction of spiritual Egypt, which is also going to be the redemption of God's servants. There's going to be the redemption and the salvation that, 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 that the Israelites, the 12 tribes, from the, from the, 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 as we're going to read here in Revelation chapter 7, that there's finally going to be, they're going to finally be, to say, be saved from this final captivity that we've been in uh, since, essentially, we could say 70 AD, but... More recently, 1619, uh, coming here to the Americas uh, with the slavery and, and uh, the conquest of the Americas, uh, starting in 1619 with the official start of the slave trade. Even though the slavery uh, and, and slavery was before 1619, it didn't become official here in the Americas until 1619. So we're finally going to be delivered and saved from this final uh, this final captivity, which the Bible, the world understands as Armageddon. But in Revelation chapter 7, verse 3, it says, saying, Heard not the earth, neither the sea, nor the trees, till we have sealed the servants of our God in their foreheads. Now, what does it mean to be sealed? What is this sealing? What is this sealing? Let's go real quick to Ephesians. Let's go real quick to the book of Ephesians. Chapter 1. And let me get this here. Um, Let's go to Ephesians chapter 1. I'm sort of verse 11. We can, this could really go deep. Um, I'm sort of verse 10. All right, going to Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 10. And it says, That in the dispensation of the fullness of times, he might gather together in one all things in Christ, both which are in heaven and which are on earth, even in him. that The, the time's going to come, everything's going to be given to Christ. All right? Everything's going to be given to Christ. Verse 11. In whom also we have obtained an inheritance, being predestinated according to the purpose of him who worketh all things after the counsel of his own will. That there is a predestination, brothers and sisters. There is most definitely a predestination. All right? Verse 12. That we should be to the praise of his glory, who first trusted in Christ, that for those who are predestinated, that there's going to be a, a glory that they're going to receive. 
all right, that that there's going to be a glory that they are going to receive. I'm just leaving it at that. But the ones who are going, that are predestinated that are going to receive this glory um, upon his appearance, again, Ephesians chapter 1 verse 12 says that we should be to the praise of his glory who first trusted in Christ, all right? For those that trusted in Christ. And how is it that we should trust in Christ? As the scripture has said, all right? That they trust in Christ the way the scriptures describe, not the way religion describes, not from whatever expectations um, and worldly expectations they might have set in their mind about what they think salvation is, about what they think um, uh, being, being saved is. Um, no, but they actually trust what the scriptures say about Christ. That's why it, it does say this here. Christ even said this. Um, that's S-C-R-I-P-T-U-R-A, scripture. Let me pull this up real quick. I know we're, we got a lot, of, a lot of tabs open. We're in a lot of places, and, and, and we're doing some jumping, but this is where it's at right now. Try to get some understanding. When we go to St. John chapter 7, verse 38, the book of St. John chapter 7, verse 38, he says, and this is Christ speaking, right? This is the Savior speaking. And Christ says this in St. John chapter 7, verse 38. He that believeth on me, as the scripture has said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. All right? So once again, he says, he that believeth on me, as the scripture has said. So when we reference in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 12, it's talking about those who trusted in Christ. But those who trust in Christ as according to what? To what the scripture says. Now, why is that? Why, 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 are we, why are we splitting hairs and trying to bring that point out um, so, um, so much? And, and it seems like, yeah, we are splitting hairs. It's because a lot of people say they believe in Christ, but you believe in Christ through what you might have heard through gospel music. That, that your belief in Christ is based on gospel music. It's not based on what the scripture says. It's based on gospel music. A lot of people's belief in Christ might be based on what they might have seen in some movies. The Bible actually says, not on what the Word of God actually says, but from what they might have, have, have been, what might have been put in their mind according to a movie. All right? Um, for what they might have been put in their mind according to uh, a cartoon. What they might have put in their mind according to whatever religion that their, their relatives were forced to accept uh, upon the advent of slavery, upon the advent of the conquest of the Americas, that you became a Baptist because um, whatever slave plantation that, you're, that your relatives were raised on, that slave master was a Baptist. So henceforth, all the slaves that were on that plantation, you would be forced to, to, to follow the Baptist religion or the Methodist religion or the Seventh-day Adventist religion or Catholicism. Uh, maybe you've down in the islands, or maybe you were one of the um, uh, uh, other people that were here in the Americas that were conquered by the Spaniards, uh, conquered by the uh, uh, the Jesuits, and now under under extreme duress and 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 penalty of death, um, you were forced to accept the religion of whoever it is that captured you uh, and, and conquered you, um, from whether they were from Britain, whether they were from Ireland, whether they were from Germany whether they were from Spain or Portugal or, um, or, or England or what have you, that whatever, whoever had conquered us, whatever their religion might have been, that, and that subsequently their property, 
was forced to accept the same religion, forced to accept the same mentalities, um, or, or risk death, or risk having your family tortured to extremes, or risk having your family sold um, and, and split apart or what have you. That to try and escape some of the horrors and atrocities that were laid upon us, we had to accept the religion of those slave masters. And that those traditions got passed down. So if your family was into singing, which for in a lot of Israelite families, because we were kept illiterate, well, what else were we left, left with? Well, to do a lot of damn singing. And, and, and you, you, your foreparents didn't feel the whip as much if they sang real good. That's why you know, in the 137 Psalms, it tells you that one thing that was required of us was to sing one of those songs of Zion. Sing one among old Negro spirituals. And that, that was one way that, that we was able to, to escape the whip a little bit, that, that th those songs would be sung. Well, okay, so singing became, and that's an outlet. And you can see where even today, where many of our people try to use singing as an outlet from the, the horrors of living in the ghetto or of their, their, uh, of their upbringings, that they, they're going to escape and, and get the big house and get, and get, get acknowledgement, get money, whatever, they can become entertainers. That's, that's slavery, brothers and sisters. That is the exact same blueprint that was used during the time of slavery. So we get into this thing where, yeah, my God-given talent is singing. Who told you that? that, that, that where is that singing is a God-given talent? Where is that in the scriptures? Where is that a God-given talent, that that's what God used to save the nation of Israel? Singing. You don't find that shit nowhere in there. But because of the slavery we were under, you might have gotten away from having to be out in the field picking cotton or sugarcane or, or construction or whatever was going on because the master wanted to hear some singing. So if you was that little child and he could sing, that you might have got away from kitchen duty so that you can come and entertain master. And and you got praise from master or or, or the missus or whatever because you was a singer, so that then got 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 uh, impressed upon the mind that see, this is from God. No, this is not from God. That all that singing had nothing to do with scriptures. It had nothing to do with the word of God. So our people have gotten trapped in and the only lessons they learned about God is because how somebody sang a song, or again in a cartoon. Or in, and yes, um, yes, just some God, some damn dreams. That your relationship with God was based on because somebody had a dream. Somebody had an omen. Somebody, or superstition. I should say like that. That because the, uh, I don't know, from chicken bones to, to uh, uh, stepping on a crack, breaking mama's back to whatever other damn superstitions are out there that our relationship with God was given to us by everything but the Bible. Our relationship with God has been formed and developed by everything but the word of God. And we have been deeply brainwashed into these practices. But Christ here is telling us what now? Again, St. John seven thirty eight. He that believes on me, as Scripture says, not as a dream you had, not as what my mom said, not as what my dad said, not as what some illiterate reverend or pastor said. When I say illiterate, I mean I mean that. Going back to the slave plantations, if the if the, the reverend was always picked by, is he going to continue the message 
about slaves obey your masters. Is he going to continue that message? Is he going to continue the message of don't worry, be happy? But he set up as a reverend because he had that deep voice and could sing. He obviously wasn't set up as the slave reverend or slave deacon or the slave uh, pastor because he could read. That's not why that he was put in those positions. He can get the emotions going really well and have, have that voice or what have you. And they would repeat a lot of things they heard the white pastor saying or the, 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 the white power structure was saying, but not because they could read. So to come back now that we have to understand why we do kind of split hairs that Christ is saying, he that believes on me as the scripture has said. And you got to consider when Christ made this statement that we have in St. John chapter 7 verse 38, what scriptures were available? Was there a New Testament at this time that he said this? Obviously not. So then if, how would you believe on Christ unless you understood the Old Testament, unless you read the Old Testament, to know how to believe on Christ, to know do you believe in Christ? If you don't read, which none of our people did, whether you was on a plantation in, in North Carolina or you was on a, on a, on a, on a uh, hacienda, not, I won't say hacienda, or, or a state in, in, here in Texas. Or in Mexico, or, or, or in Bahamas, or down in, in, in Brazil. That you, you're not, you, we were not allowed to read what the Bible had to say to actually get the words of God. So to come back now and be sealed, like what Paul is, is trying, to, trying to get us to, to read, in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 12, he says that we should be to the praise of his glory, who trusted in Christ. Trusted in what in Christ? What the scriptures say about Christ. Not what religion has said about Christ. Not what my mom said about Christ. Not what Big Mama said about Christ. Not what um, uh, some, the master said about Christ, but what the scriptures say about Christ. And again, when Christ made the statement, he that believed in me, as the scripture says, and I know this is this is causing a a, a brain um, uh, aneurysm in a lot of people right now. All you think about knowing is that no, it's the New Testament. That's it. When Christ made that statement, there was no New Testament. All we have was the Old Testament. So you have to go back to the Scriptures, which is the Old Testament, if you want to understand who Christ is, His purpose, or what salvation is. Which when when that is done. Everything you learned from religion, everything that was everything that was given to you, to your mother, to your father, to my grandmother, to my grandfather, was a bunch of lies. Was a bunch of lies. Matter of fact, let me get this. Let me get that scripture. This, this came to mind. It says, um, "F A T A T R fathers L I E S." When we go to the book of Jeremiah, chapter 16, verse 19, the book of Jeremiah, chapter 16, verse 19, um, it says this. Um, check this out, brothers and sisters. When we actually go again to the Old Testament, in the book of Jeremiah, chapter 16, verse 19, the book of Jeremiah, chapter 16, verse 19, it says, O Lord, 
my strength and my fortress and my refuge in a day of affliction. The Gentiles shall come unto thee from the ends of the earth and shall say, Surely our fathers have inherited lies, vanity, and things wherein there is no profit. I hope I, you know, I'm going to stop saying that. I'm going to stop saying that because Christ said, my sheep hear my voice. Jeremiah chapter 16 verse 19 says, O Lord, my strength and my fortress and my refuge in the day of affliction. The Gentiles. Now, the Gentiles can be the nations, the actual other nations, but it's also referring to the Gentiles as Israelites who grew up not knowing they're Israelites. All right, who grew up under the extreme generations of, of duress to be Americans, to be Baptists, Methodists, Episcopalians, to be Catholics, to be Masons, to be um, uh, to go to college and university and, be, and, and become a Greek in a sorority or in a fraternity, that you have no clue that you're Israelite. Your, your great, 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 great grandparents, my great, 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 great grandparents did not, were not given a clue that they are the Israelites and for what that means. We're Africans. We're niggas. We're coloreds. We're, we're uh, um, uh, Kingdom Hall. We are uh, we're everything under the sun but the people of God. We're Egyptians. We're, we are, we're, we're Moors. We're... Uh, 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 Astacas, Aztecs, Incans, Mayans, we're everything under the sun, uh, but we're, we're Arabs, we're Islam, we're everything but being Israelites, everything but being the, 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 the people of the book, the people of the Bible. So it says that, again, I'm in Jeremiah chapter 16, verse 19. O Lord, my strength and my fortress and my refuge in the day of affliction. The Gentiles, shall come unto thee from the ends of the earth and shall say, surely our fathers have inherited lies, vanity, and things wherein there is no profit. So the time is coming and it's going to come when people are going to finally admit my dad didn't know shit. My grandparents didn't know a damn thing when it comes to pleasing God. That they inherited lies. That they were taught by whatever slave master and slave, slave owners they had and they taught my people lies that yeah if you want to escape slavery be that athlete if you want to escape the horrors of of, of of being in the ghetto and you don't want to be considered a nigger get your education you're better than you you're not a house you want to be a house nigger next to master well come talk this way you're not a field nigger you're not one of them people you better than that you're above your own people because you can talk this way now, because you uh, can sing this way now, because you accept society now that you're one of us, you're not them. That's why our people have so, so many problems with being dark-skinned and light-skinned among so-called the black tribes, dark tribes. Among the other tribes, it, uh, you know, how to say that? Uh, if you're black, get back. If you're brown, stick around. If you're white, you're all right. That's why our people still have this, this, this stigmatism about what good hair is. And what bad hair is. It's 2024 and we're still on that shit. Where did those things come from? All the way back going back to slavery. That I'm not a nigger. 
I'm not a nobody. I am somebody. But where does that mentality come from? I'm, I, I, it, we have to be so accepted by white society that, that, that now we are somebody. Not that we're the Israelites and that we're God's chosen and that there's 12 tribes to the nation of Israel and that Christ come to save the 12 tribes. It's I got to be acknowledged that I am somebody according to the standards of the slave masters and their system that they've established, that we have to be accepted there. So the time is coming where people are finally going to admit that their fathers inherited lies and that their fathers taught them vanity and things that don't profit when it comes to God, when it comes to being accepted by God, that our fathers did not know what the hell they're talking about and what they instilled in us was a bunch of lies. Not because they hate us. They weren't taught what's right by God. All right? So coming back now to Ephesians chapter 1, it says that we should be to the praise of his glory who first trusted in Christ. So those, there are people that are actually going to trust in Christ. They're going to actually trust the scriptures. That, and it's predestinated that people are going to actually be trusting in the scriptures. They're going to trust in Christ as the scripture says. This is very important. Very important. Now, in Ephesians chapter 1 verse 13. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 13, it says, In whom ye also trusted, after that ye heard the word of truth. The gospel of your salvation. In whom also, after that ye believed, ye were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. There's a lot to unpack here. So in verse 13, again, it says, In whom ye also trusted, after that ye heard the word of truth. So it's not like you were born knowing this. Someone had to be sacrificing in order to teach you. Someone had to come out of their convenience to make sure you got taught. It wasn't done with making sure you stayed home in your comfort Somebody came to your home while you was dealing with your what was convenient for you, and then on the side, uh, you guys somebody had to be sacrificing to make sure God's word was getting out. If it was the elders back in New York, as we was bringing out yesterday, someone had to be out there in the streets of New York facing violence. Somebody had to be out there in the streets of New York facing violence, uh, and then going to the libraries, actually doing the study. Getting into the archaeology, getting into the uh, those reference books to bring out the facts, to bring out the history, as it matched the Bible, in order for this, just even for it to be accepted and shown that Christ is black. Someone had to be doing that type of sacrificing to make sure that teaching was getting out, and not just staying home, making sure home was taken care of. That's that's it. Just make sure home taken care of, and that's you're doing the work of God. Somebody had to be doing some sacrificing. The apostles had to be doing some sacrificing so that the word was spread out of Jerusalem, out of Galilee, and finally spread throughout Europe to where there would be seven churches in Europe. To where there would be the truth would get, get out and get, and get spread and not just stay home and just make sure you just stay home. There had to be some sacrificing going on for the word of God to get out, right? for the truth to get out. 
So Ephesians chapter 1 verse 13. And whom ye also trusted. After that ye heard the word of truth. The gospel of your salvation. And whom also after ye that. And, af, and whom also after that ye believed. You were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. So in dealing with being sealed. If we look at the, 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 the formula. You have to trust. After you heard the word of truth. In order to hear the word of truth, somebody had to be teaching. The teaching's got to be getting taught, all right? So the teaching, the word of God, the word of truth has to be being taught, and a person has to trust what's being taught. The gospel of your salvation, and whom also after that you believed. You heard, somebody had to be teaching. You had to trust the teaching, and you had to believe the teaching of the scriptures. You were sealed with that Holy Spirit of promise, all right? So... There are certain things that have to happen in order for a person to be sealed. They have to hear the word of truth. They have to believe the word of truth. And they have to trust the word of truth. They have to trust the gospel, trust the scriptures. All right? In order to be sealed. So, when we go back to Revelation chapter 7. When we go back to Revelation chapter 7. Uh, I'm going to start at verse. I'm going to start at verse 2 and read down again. Revelation chapter 7 verse 2, and it says, And I saw another angel ascending from the east, having the seal of the living God. And he cried with a loud voice to the four angels to whom it was given to hurt the earth and the sea, saying, Hurt not the earth, neither the sea, nor the trees, till we have sealed the servants of our God in their foreheads. So I hope we're seeing that as we use the Bible, to give light to the Bible, as we use the Bible to understand the Bible, that these servants of God, they're going to be sealed, that they're the servants of God that were predestinated, that after they heard the word of truth, they believed the word of truth, and they trusted the word of truth, that now they were sealed. All right? So, Revelation chapter 7, verse 3, saying, Hurt not the earth, neither the sea, nor the trees, Till we have sealed the servants of our God in their foreheads. All right? Until so that this truth can get taught. So that the servants of God can hear the word of truth. Believe the word of truth. And trust the word of truth. So that now they are sealed. All right? Revelation chapter 7 verse 4. Now check this out. Revelation chapter 7 verse 4. And I heard the number of them which were sealed. And they were sealed and hundred and forty and four thousand of all the tribes of the children of Israel. Now, the reason I, I, I do want to bring some attention to this verse right here. Think about this for a minute. Think about this. And I know this is going this, this ain't meant to, to intensely hurt people, but because you trust in lies, it's going to hurt. How many Catholics before? Before the discovery of the Americas, think about this just for a minute. Just just let your mind go there for a second. Before the discovery of the Americas, how many Catholics were in the earth before the discovery of the Americas? I'm, I'm willing to bet there were more than 144,000 Catholics in the world before they brought the message of Catholicism to the Americas. Baptists, how many Baptists were there? Before coming to the Americas, 
How many people have been baptized in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, before the discovery or the, the conquest of the Americas? I'm sure that number's in the millions. How many Methodists, Episcopalians, Seventh-day Adventists, Jehovah Witnesses? How many were there before the getting here to the Americas? I'm pretty sure there was more in each one of these religions. There was more than 144,000. Now, part of the, 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 the conquest of the Americas, see now millions of Baptists are there in the Americas. How many millions of Methodists? How many millions of Seventh-day Adventists? How many millions of Jehovah Witnesses? How many millions of Masons? How many millions of, 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 of Mormons? How many millions of non-denominational are there? In each one of these, 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 these religions. Remember, do your own research. I dare you to do the, the Google search. How many Christian religions are there in the earth today? Now, last I actually did this search, and I brought this up before. This ain't nothing new. Over 41,000 Christian religions in the earth today. 41,000 Christian. 41,000 different Christian denominations. 41,000 different Christian denominations. Religions that claim Christ. 41,000 different ones. Among the 41,000, that includes Catholicism, uh, all Protestant religions, uh, from Calvinism to uh, Martin Luther um, to uh, 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 the Protestant uh, Reformation. Oh, I mean, uh, uh, Greek Orthodox. Uh, uh, um, you have Catholicism. You have Roman Catholicism. You have Baptist. You have Southern Baptist. I mean, over forty-one thousand different Christian religions. I'm pretty sure within each of those religions, there's more than 144,000 in each one of those religions. I haven't done the actual number search. I'm, I'm sure there's other people who are more qualified uh, at doing that type of research. But now think about this. If in Revelation chapter 7 verse 4, the number of them that are sealed, they were sealed at 144,000 of all the tribes of the children of Israel. 144,000 of all the tribes that children of Israel. So if we're putting this together with any type of, 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 of deductive reasoning, 144,000 of all the tribes of the children of Israel. So there's 144,000 people of the children of Israel specifically. It didn't say nothing about religion. It didn't say nothing about no masons. It didn't say nothing about those with, with an education. It said nothing about those who are, who are studied in theology. It said 144,000 of all the tribes of the children of Israel who are sealed, who have heard the word of truth, believe the word of truth, and trust in the word of truth. Okay? That need to get the word of truth so that the angels will let go of the destruction which the Bible understands, the world understands as Armageddon, which is necessary in order for Christ to show up and save and deliver and to bring the kingdom of God from heaven for it to be here on earth. Let's listen up, or let's read along. Forget not listening. Let's read along with me. Revelation chapter 7, verse 5. 
Revelations chapter 7 verse 5. Of the tribe of Judah were sealed 12,000. Of the tribe of Reuben were sealed 12,000. Of the tribe of Gad were sealed 12,000. Did y'all notice here it had none, it, did, it did not mention that one religion yet? It didn't say of the of the tribe of Methodists were sealed hundred were sealed twelve thousand. You don't see to say nothing about any type of of, of of collegiate education. Did you notice it said of the tribe of Reuben? That it didn't say of the tribe of the Omegas were sealed twelve thousand. Did you notice that in verse five it said of the tribe of Gad? That it didn't say of the tribe of the Elks Club? Of the uh, 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 Porter's Union. Did anybody catch that? It's twelve thousand from each of the tribes of Israel, of the, chil- the children of Israel. Verse six, Revelation chapter seven, verse six. Of the tribe of Asher were sealed twelve thousand. Of the tribe of Naphtalim were sealed twelve thousand. Of the tribe of Manasseh were sealed twelve thousand. Of the tribe of Simeon were sealed 12,000. Of the tribe of Levi were sealed 12,000. Of the tribe of Issachar were sealed 12,000. Of the tribe of Zebulon were sealed 12,000. Of the tribe of Joseph were sealed 12,000. Of the tribe of Benjamin were sealed 12,000. Did anybody catch that at all? Now, why is this important? One, again, it's talking about the destruction. It's talking about the destruction that the angels are holding back coming from the four winds of the earth, from the four corners of the earth, from the north, from the south, from the east, and from the west, of the destruction that each nation is going to let loose in what we know as Armageddon, in what, we, what, the, what the world is looking at for World War III. All right? Let's go. Let's jump to Revelation chapter 11. Let's jump to Revelation chapter 11. And we'll start at verse. I'm starting at verse eight. I'm starting at Revelation chapter eleven, verse eight. And what this is telling me is, I need to go ahead and we need to go back and review and go back over the, these Revelation breakdowns uh, and histories and the, the Daniel uh, Revelation, the Daniel breakdowns and histories that we need to get back to it. That's what this would let me know. But to get to this, so uh, continue, continue on with the subject. Revelation chapter eleven, verse eight. I might have to do like Tesla Paz doing. I'm following his lead again. I might have to split these classes up. I might have to split these classes up. I know Wednesdays, and so I'm still waiting for. I, I'm gonna give it back. I'm gonna give it with Brother Nagai to find out what day he wants to take. But I might have to go ahead and split these split these up because there's a lot of teaching that needs to get done. That continues to get done. I might have to split the series up like Tazapaz doing because there's a lot to cover. I'm, I just might have to do that. All right, cool. Revelation chapter 11, verse 8. Revelation chapter 11, verse 8. And it says, And their dead, their dead bodies shall lie in the street of the great city, which spiritually is called Sodom and Egypt, where also our Lord was crucified. Now, what this is talking about is the, 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 the bodies, or the dead bodies of Israelites. Now, we know um, it's contextually, it's talking about the two witnesses, the two servants. But the two witnesses of God is talking about the nation of Israel after you got split into two separate kingdoms, all right? Uh, the southern kingdom of Judah and the northern kingdom of Israel, all right? Um, after King Solomon, have, when, Israel, when Israel showed their hatred of God by wanting to have a leader 
a man that they could follow into battle um, and showing complete hatred of God who's been watching over us, protecting us, being with us since we came out of Egypt. We showed our disgust at God that we're tired of not having a man we could follow, that we want to be like the other nations. We want to see a man, a hero, somebody we can look at. We're tired of having to just listen and have to pay attention to what you say, God. We want a man that we can follow. We hate you, God. Give us a man we can follow. There's somebody I want to be able to see. So in doing so, we got our first king. All right, well, actually, technically, be our second king. But uh, the first king of the, of the nation of Israel after uh, coming out of Egypt was King Saul. And the only reason Saul was picked as a leader is because he was the tallest Israelite among all Israel. Because he was the tallest. He stood uh, head above. You can read it. And in this series that we're covering, we're going to cover that. That we look for a leader that was taller than everybody else, uh, a man that had all the outward appearance of what we consider to be somebody good-looking, and yes, I'll follow him. Yes, look how good-looking he is. Look at that, our parents. That's like the nations. That's who I want to follow. Forget you, God. To help with you, God, I want to follow that good-looking man. Cool. So that's what God gave us in his anger. He was pissed at us. So we followed Saul. Saul, obviously his heart was weak. His mind was, 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 was cabbage. Um, he was all the wrong reasons of why he should be picked as a leader and why Israel picked him, he became the leader. Okay. After him, God finally gave us David, who was by all our appearance was the least or last picked even from his own father. That he was the last one to be thought about. He was a stripling, the smallest of all his brothers. Uh, a stripling meaning he was very he was the runt of the litter. All right. Christ or David was the runt of the litter, but his heart was so perfect with God that God promised him that from his his seed, his sperm, his 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 lineage, that God would bring the, the savior of the nation of Israel and that there would always be somebody from the throne of David sitting on the throne over Israel. That being uh, alluding to who Christ is going to come from, from David's loins. OK. After David, we had um, King Solomon. David's son Solomon reigned. But then Solomon gave himself over to the influences of all the other nations. Following, following women, following the damn women, he served their gods in trying to please a woman. He gave himself to that. And because of that, he stopped following God. He started following God like he's following his, and following his father. Then he started following the women and following their influences, and following their gods, and got God pissed off at us and the whole nation again. So after Solomon died, his son Rehoboam came in into rulership. But because of what he did, the nation of Israel then got split into two separate kingdoms. All right? The nation of Israel got split into two separate kingdoms. The northern kingdom, which was, which was called Israel, and the southern kingdom, which was called Judah. And we've been split ever since. All right? We've been split ever since from civil wars to to um just being divided to where we've just been divided ever since okay so from that time and then around 722 bc the northern kingdom was carried away in captivity under the assyrians 
never to dwell in the land of Israel, the promised land, since 722 B.C. That's when, the, the, that's when they came over here to the Americas, okay? And we got too many classes. We've covered that on how, how we came, how the so-called Native Americans, the natives of the Americas got here to the Americas, that they are Israelites. Too many classes have covered that. It's there. Uh, it's there for you. And we'll, we'll hit it up again. Then we have, after the 722 B.C., the only, the only tribes that were technically left was the southern kingdom of Judah. That's why, and Judah, again, abbreviation for Judah is what? Jew. The Jews were left in the promised land, all right, being Judah, the tribe of Judah, the tribe of Benjamin, and the tribe of Levi. And there were other remnants of, the, of the, some of the tribes that were still there, but for the most part, it was, the, it was Judah, Benjamin, and Levi, the southern kingdom of Judah, of Judea, or of the Jews. They didn't get kicked out of the land until 70 A.D., all right, 70 A.D. is when the last, that we had last control or possession of the promised land as Israelites was in 70 A.D. After the Roman conquest, we were done. And then we were scattered throughout Europe, Africa, Asia, and we already had Israelites already over here to the Americas, of the, or Osiris, the Newfoundland. Then around you know, 1492, when Columbus and Murray Incorporated, uh, with, the Spaniard, with the blessing of the Spaniards, uh, came over to the uh, to the Americas, the Western Hemisphere, and started the Age of Conquest. And then in 1619, we have when the slave trade started. Officially, the slave trade started. We started bringing uh, our people that were in the slave ports of Western Africa, the Gold Coast, and bringing them over here to the Americas. Right? And started bringing the slaves on slave ships officially to the Americas, which was now the rejoining of the 12 tribes here in the Americas. But we lost our identity by this time. So now our dead bodies, not that we were physically dead, but now we were dead to the understanding of who and what our purpose is. Um, under S-T-A-N-D, understanding, congregation of the D-E-A-D. Understanding dead. So when we go to Proverbs chapter 21, verse 16, just real quick. When we go to Proverbs chapter 21, verse 16, it says, The man that wandereth out of the way of understanding shall remain in the congregation of the dead. And again, as the nation of Israel, as we lost our understanding of what it means to be an Israelite, as we lost our understanding of why God created us, the children of Israel, we lost our understanding. The understanding we've been given is, maybe I'm just meant to be a singer. That's my God-given talent. We lost our understanding. Well, maybe God gave me this talent to, to be able to be, a, to, to be an artist, to draw things, because that's my God-given talent. And that, that's what God was to be, is to be in, I need to, I need to focus on my drawings. I need to focus on my craft. I need to focus on being a, um, uh, an entertainer. Well, I, I have a... a uh, I'm good with my hands, so I need to focus on being being in construction, being in in, in um, uh, being an architect. Uh, that's my God-given talent. How to be a good slave, and to make money uh, in order to be a good slave. That's my God-given talent. Uh, I, that you know, I don't know what my life's supposed to be about. So I'm just uh, I'm born to die. I'm born ready to die. Um, the mind saying I'm supposed to be a, a a rap mogul. I'm supposed to be a, a uh, 
just a good taxpaying American. That's my my understanding of what my life, why I was born, is so I can go pay my taxes, become a member of the NRA, where I can have a weapon and support the Second Amendment of the Constitution, and that's what my life is. That I'm understanding. My understanding of my life is that that's what I'm supposed to be doing. I have no clue about what it means that I'm an Israelite and I'm supposed to be an example of God's way. Not an example of the society that I'm, I'm a captive of. I'm supposed to be an example of what it means to be a follower of God. To be a light to the rest of the world that's sitting in darkness. That as an Israelite, that's why God created the Israelites. To be a light of how to do things God's way not society's way. But to wander out of that, to have that understanding lost, again, in Proverbs chapter 21, verse 16, it says what? That the man that wandereth out of the way of understanding shall remain in the congregation of the dead. If you don't understand why God created you, if you don't understand that you're Israelite and what the purpose of Israelites is, in the eyes of God, you're dead. In the eyes of God, you're dead. For those who, who, who have any type of age, any type of, 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 of age, I know I can't ask, I don't even know what generation we're in right now. I, I think we're a generation, I think it's Z, I think. I know at one time there was, there was generation X, there was generation, um, I, I don't even know how, how all that goes right now. But think about this for a second. If it, and I know this might hurt some minds. What's a floppy disk? I know, I know I can't ask anybody that's, that's 20 years and younger. I know that that's out of the question. What is a floppy disk? A floppy disk is... I don't even know how to describe it. You know what? Let me ask Google shit. Because right now, I'm at a loss of words. I don't even know how to describe it. What is... What is a floppy disk? Again, I don't even know how to describe it. A floppy disk is a removable storage medium that can store data on computers. They're also known as floppies or diskettes. If you don't know what a floppy disk is, please do a Google search. Do a, a, a Google image search or ask Siri or, or whoever it is you ask or whatever you, however you access information. Look at floppy disk. And for some people, it's going to be very nostalgic. Like, oh, man, I remember those. Let me see here. Floppy disks are made of thin, flexible, magnetic storage uh, disks that is sealed in a rectangular plastic uh, carrier. The carrier has a fabric lining uh, to remove dust particles from the spinning disk. (laughs) One or both sides of the disk are coated with a magnetic film. Floppy disks can hold between... Check this out, y'all. <laughs> this is almost funny. Floppy disks can hold between 100 kilobytes and 1.44 megabytes of data. Now, the reason I'm laughing at that, that at one time, floppy disk, you could not operate a computer if you didn't have a floppy disk. Now, I know today the, 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 that you have flash drives that can hold a terabyte of information. At one time, you was 
leading the 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 you was t- leading the edge, leading leading tech. You was at the top of the game to have floppy disks and to be able to store data on a floppy disk. Didn't move to 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 a a, a, a CD. Lord God forbid I should go look that up. To then get to to flash drives, to hard drives, flash drives, to where now you have tera drives, three, two, three, and four terabytes disk drives. But at one time, every computer had a floppy disk drive. Every computer had a floppy disk drive. Hell, I'm I'm seeing laptops today; they don't even have a CD drive. They don't even have a CD drive. But at one time, it, you wanted to be on top of your game and be able to share information, a floppy disk. You had to use a floppy disk. Now, for a lot of people that did store information on floppy disks, no different than you might store information. Now, people store information on the cloud, in a cloud, or what have you. And you can do it straight from your phone. Whatever, whatever device you're using. But at one time, you were storing information on a floppy disk. All right? You were storing information on a floppy disk. Well, if, if you have a floppy disk and you, you should store information on it, only 1.4 kilo, only 100 kilobytes or 1.44 megabytes of data. I'm so lost. What does that mean? What does that mean? Let me let. I'm clowning now, and I'm because this is where it's at. Um, how many paste? In a gigabyte. I'll go there first. In a gigabyte. Okay, uh, how many 100 kilobytes and 1.4 uh, megabytes are in a gigabyte? One gigabyte is equal to 1,024 megabytes. One kilobyte is equal to 1,024 bytes. And, our, and one megabyte is equal to 1,024 kilobytes. To convert gigabytes to megabytes, you can multiply the number of gigabytes by 1,024. For example, 1.5 gigabytes is equal to 1,536 megabytes. So if a megabyte is one, if a floppy disk held 1.44 megabytes, 1.44 megabytes, then I guess I'm going to take uh 1,536. Where's my calculator at? Where's my calculator? That's calendar. Paint. Calendar. Calculator. Okay, calculator. So if I have 1,536 megabytes divided by Am I doing this right? Uh, 1.44 
Okay, so one gigabyte, one gigabyte would hold 1,066 floppy disks. All right, one gigabyte will hold 1,066 floppy disks. All right, I, I, I hope I'm able to, to, to try and paint this picture of where, where technology used to be at. And I'm trying to paint this picture about how, how if something's not in use, is that being you? If it's not being in use, it's dead. All right, it, it's, it's of no good. It doesn't work. You're useless. You're, you're, you, you have no value. You have, there, there's nothing about you that's good. You're dead. So at one time, floppy disks, you had to have floppy disks for information and for data. Had to. But from, from floppy disks, we did go to, to, to CDs, and from CDs, we went to gigabytes. That your computer speed, your computer storage was based on gigabytes. All right? So a, one gigabyte but hold 1,066 or 1,067, if I round up, 1,067 floppy disks. All right, y'all? Uh, think about that for a minute. Now, let me, let me get this here. Let me get this here. Um, how many? How many gigabytes in a terabyte i'm sure people might have these formulas in my ring know so uh, a terabyte is equal to 1000 gigabytes a terabyte is equal to 1000 gigabytes so pull my calculator back up here so if one gigabyte if one gigabyte will hold 1067 floppy disks so if i take this 1066 times one Wow. A terabyte would hold 1,066,667. One terabyte would hold 1,066,666 floppy disks. So, if that's what now a terabyte holds, because a terabyte is a thousand gigabytes, and a gigabyte is one thousand megabytes, which is one point forty-four, um, which is a floppy disk. The fact that that they'll even make computers that hold that can even open up a floppy disk. They don't have a floppy disk uh, 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 port. Floppy disks are dead. You can't use them. They have no profit. They are dead. So, in putting this together, and going back to Revelation chapter 11 now, So when it says in Revelation chapter 11 and verse 8, and their dead bodies shall lie in the street of the great city. As Israelites are in this great city, which is known as spiritual Egypt, Babylon the Great, um, spiritual Sodom and Gomorrah, which describes everything that's going on in America. Every last thing that's happening here in America. That 
we are the Israelites are here, but we're dead. We're dead to our purpose of what it means to be an Israelite, what our name is as being Israelites, and what our purpose from God is. We're not we're not serving our purpose of what God wants us to be doing, what he created us for. No different than if you had a floppy disk, if you can't even insert into a computer, what, 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 what are you doing with it? What, what, what good is it? How many floppy disks have been thrown away since the advent or, or now the, the invention of CDs, then flash drives, then gigabytes, and now we're dealing with terabytes, and, and now the cloud? What purpose is there to have Floppy disks. Floppy disks are dead. So as Israelites, even though we're not physically dead, the fact that we're not doing our purpose of what God intended us to be doing, we're dead. We're dead to who we are. We have no life. Right? We have no life. That's why Christ said, the words I speak, say John chapter 6, verse 63, the words that I speak unto you, they are life. That now the words that Christ is speaking is going to give us back our life as Israelites. What our purpose is from God. Think about that, for, brothers, sisters. Just for, get off your high horse for just one minute. Pause just for one second. Who were Christ's first disciples? Who were Jesus Christ's first disciples, his first students? Who were they? There was Andrew and Peter, James and John. They were his very first disciples, his very first students. Hopefully, the church or whatever you went to, you, you heard that Bible story. Hopefully, you got that. Maybe you got that. They were his very first students, his very first disciples. reason I'm bringing that up, brothers and sisters, what was their life like before they met Christ? Those four men, they were fishermen. Their occupation was fishermen. Matter of fact, James and John, their occupation not only was a fisherman, they owned a family-owned business that employed others as fishermen in the fish markets. It tells you that they were with their father mending the nets. When Christ walked by, came by and said, follow me, I'll make you fishers of men. And says they straightway left their father right there. And the other workers they had left the family business to become the disciples who then later on became the apostles, the sons of thunder. They now were giving a life from Christ. Not to be the fishers of fish, their family, but to be the fishers of men. That became their life. They were now given a life, a purpose from God. What was Matthew? The publican. A tax collector before he met Christ. So that life he had, once Christ came, that life he had gone, and he accepted and stepped into his life of being a teacher, being an apostle. He now had a purpose from God. What was Luke, the physician? An actual doctor, a physician. 
he left that to follow Christ and became an apostle. That became his life. He now had a purpose from God. David, let's go there. Let's go with David. What was David before he got his calling into life? He was a damn shepherd. He was a shepherd of his family's sheep. A shepherd. A damn good one, but he was a shepherd. What became his life? What became his purpose from God? To become the king of Israel and that the Savior, the Son of God, would come out of his loins. That he got his life from God when he was anointed king. That's when he got a life, when he got the word of God. And we see the examples throughout the Bible that people might have started and came up one way, but, but when the calling from God came, they were now given a life, a purpose, to where they had to let go of the old life, the old man, and be reborn in the new man. Given new life, a new direction, a new manner of doing things. That now this is your life. So that now the words I speak unto you. If you hear it and believe it, and you trust it, you're gonna be given that life of God, the life that comes from God. A, a purpose that comes from God. Alright? So let me close this out. Revelation chapter eleven, verse eight. Revelation chapter eleven, verse eight, and it says their dead bodies shall lie in the street of that great of the great city. So the Israelites, since the conquest of the Americas and since the advent of the slave trade, the transatlantic slave trade, and we being here in the Americas, in the land of the North, North America, where you can find all twelve tribes. The twelve tribes have been scattered to the four corners, but where can you find remnants of all twelve tribes? Here in America. Um, let me see this. Let me see this. Um, uh, land, you know, our north. It's in Jeremiah. Um, check this out. When we go to Jeremiah chapter 23 and verse 8, when we go to the book of Jeremiah chapter 23 and verse 8, the book of Jeremiah chapter 23 and verse 8, it says this Jeremiah chapter 23 and verse 8. Uh, ooh, 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 ooh. Nope. Before we go there, Jeremiah sixteen fifteen, Jeremiah chapter sixteen and verse fifteen. Oh, uh, we're going to get three 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 scriptures, y'all. Check this out. Let's go to Jeremiah chapter three verse eighteen. The book of Jeremiah chapter three and verse eighteen. All right. The book of Jeremiah, chapter 3, verse 18. We're going to stick in Jeremiah for a second. But let's go to Jeremiah, chapter 3, verse 18. And y'all know how, if you listen to any of my classes, you know, I, I'm, I like to, I, I always reference beating a dead horse. The reason I say that is not that I, I have a thing against horses. That, that's not the thing at all. It's that, to me, it's ironic when you actually read the Bible, how many times God repeats himself. Now, as a parent, as a parent, how many times do you find yourself repeating 
something to your own children to where it gets you frustrated, gets you pissed off, gets you mad, gets you angry, gets you annoyed of how many times you got to keep saying the same thing to your children over and over and over again, and they just don't get it. To where I know I, 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 I've asked my kids, what are you, stupid? Are you retarded? The hell's wrong? What the hell's wrong with your brain? How many times do I keep saying this? And you just don't get it. Now, if I can understand that as a parent and as, 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 as a father, when you come back and realize how many times God has, ta- has said the same thing to the nation of Israel and we stay stuck on stupid, how frustrated must he be? How many times do we find as a parent that we're like, make sure you write down what I said? So now it can't be mistaken. You can't come back and say, I didn't hear. I didn't know. I didn't get it. We will, you have a child write down, your, 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 your children write down what was said. That hopefully there's a connection from them hearing, going through the brain process of now they're seeing and not having to actually now put their brain consciously into writing down what is supposed to be done. But then how many times did God do the same thing? Has, has he done the same thing with the nation of Israel? So when you hear me make the reference about being a dead horse, just the, the metaphor, you're beating a dead horse, expecting the horse to go. The horse is dead, but you're still beating on it, expecting it to go. I mean, how many times, I mean, you, you want the horse to still get it, right? Well, when you realize and look at how many times God repeats himself over the millenniums, and we still be stuck on simple Stuck on stupid and want to play that. I didn't know. I didn't hear. Oh, you was talking to me? Oh, I wasn't paying attention. I was distracted. God gets just as frustrated. God gets just as, as annoyed. So here in Jeremiah chapter 3 verse 18, the book of Jeremiah chapter 3 verse 18, it says, In those days, the house of Judah shall walk with the house of Israel, and they shall come together out of of the land of the north to the land that I have given for an inheritance unto your fathers. I hope we're, well, not hope, let me just go ahead and break it down. This is a prophecy, brothers and sisters, that was given to Jeremiah, and it wasn't referring to that time when Jeremiah was actually walking the earth as Jeremiah. It's a prophecy referring to the days we're in now, and we're waiting for when Christ comes which is going to be on the advent of the climax of Armageddon, the climax of World War III, which I'm still trying to get to, that that's when this prophecy is going to be able to take place. I'm, let's read again. And let me, let me blow this up. Let me blow this up so I can read a little better. So Jeremiah chapter 3, verse 18 says, In those days, the house of Judah shall walk with the house of Israel. Remember, the nation of Israel was split into two kingdoms. Right after Solomon, during the, during the reign of his son Rehoboam, the kingdom split, and that was, that was in 933 B.C. The nation of Israel split into two kingdoms. 933 years before Christ, the kingdom of Israel was split into two separate nations, two separate kingdoms. The northern kingdom of Israel and the southern kingdom of Judah. So now in this prophecy here from Jeremiah, it was said, In those days, the house of Judah shall walk with the house of Israel, and they shall come together out of the land of the north. To the land that I have given 
to all given for an inheritance unto your fathers. Why is this significant, brother? Why is this significant? Well, again, if the northern kingdom of Israel left the promised land around 722 BC during the time of the Assyrian captivity, is the last time the the northern kingdom was in the land of Israel was in the Middle East. At the majority, okay. 722 years before Christ, leaving the southern kingdom. The northern kingdom came over here to the Americas. They, they stopped in different ports around the, 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 the Horn of Africa, around Cape Good Hope, and, and coming over to the Americas. But they got to the Americas around 722 B.C. The southern kingdom of Judah didn't get over here until around the 1400s, when after, after 70 A.D., we was kicked out of the promised land, and the majority, of, the majority fled down into Africa. We stayed in Africa over 1,500 years, and then it was rounded up by the Africans and the Arabs with the transatlantic slave trade coming to the Americas. To where now we made it over here to the Americas. And what's significant about now being here in the Americas, what do they call, what do they call the place we're in right now? North America. Now, what's significant about North America? You have remnants of all 12 tribes here in North America. Even though you have the geographical locations that's given to us in Genesis chapter 49. You have a geographical locations uh, of where we, where we would be at in the last days from Deuteronomy chapter 33. See here, I understand that here in North America, which happens to be Babylon the Great, which happens to be spiritual, Babylon the Great, because you have all nations here in North America. That's why North America is called the Great Melting Pot. Because you have all nations here in America, and they brought their traditions, their cultures, their, their, their laws, their, their way of doing things in this great big melting pot called America. And you can find not only just the 12 tribes, all nations are here with their practices, just like back in the first Babylon that was called the Tower of Babel. where you had all nations there gathered in one spot, and everybody was speaking their own language, doing their own thing. That's why it was called Babylon, meaning confusion. That's here in North America. That is, that is replicated here in North America. And you have remnants of all 12 tribes here in North America, the land of the north. So Jeremiah 3.18 tells us what? In those days, the house of Judah shall walk with the house of Israel. In order for this to happen, and they shall come together out of the land of the north. So we had to, there's a place in the north a north country that all the, the house of Judah and Israel would, would be at, that they would come together to get back to the land of Israel. What land of the north is, can it be talking about? Historically, it can only be talking about North America. It can only be talking about North America. That we would be gathered together and then brought back to our homeland. Not just the northern, the, the northern kingdom of Israel that went up into Assyria, and Assyria is north of uh, Palestine. It's north of Israel, where they were carried away captive back in 722 B.C. No, because the Assyrians didn't carry away the Judites, the southern kingdom of Judah. They carried the northern kingdom of Israel with the ten tribes. But then we, they left, came, came into the Euphrates and the Red Sea, uh, the Euphrates, 
enters into the Red Sea, enters into the uh, the Indian Ocean, going around the, the 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 tip of the southern tip of Africa into the Pacific, uh, excuse me, into the Atlantic, over here to the Americas. And then with the, the transatlantic slave trade, where the the slave ships came from Africa and England to the Americas. And now here in North America, you have remnants of all 12 tribes here in North America in order for this prophecy to be able to come true. Let's go to Jeremiah now chapter 16 and verse 15. Jeremiah chapter 16 and verse 15, and it says, But the Lord liveth that brought up the children of Israel from the land of the north and from all the lands whither he had driven them, and I will bring them again to their land that I gave unto their fathers that we're going to be brought back to our land. But the Lord liveth that brought up the children of Israel from where? The land of the north. Where can you find all 12 tribes at? Right here in North America. You can find remnants of all 12 tribes right here in North America. When we read Jeremiah chapter 23 and verse 8. Jeremiah chapter 23 and verse 8. Jeremiah chapter 23, verse 8, and it says, But the Lord liveth, which brought... I got to get that one. I got to get that one. I got to get actually both of these. These, these, these are... There, there's some meat here, some unpacking we got to do. Um, Jeremiah chapter 16 and verse... We read 15, but let's go back and read um, Jeremiah chapter 16, verse 14. We're going to read both of them. Jeremiah chapter 16, verse 14 and 15. Check this out, y'all. Check this out. Jeremiah chapter 16, verse 14. It says, Therefore, behold, the days come, saith the Lord, that it shall no more be said, the Lord liveth that brought up the children of Israel out of the land of Egypt. Do you know how heavy this is? We still talk about Egypt to this day. We still talk about the Passover to this day. We still talk about the significance of, of us coming out of Egypt to this day, 2024, February 6, 2024. We can celebrate the Passover again. But what's this prophecy right here telling us? That the, the days are going to come, saith the Lord, that it shall no more be said, the Lord liveth that brought up the children of Israel out of the land of Egypt. What was so significant for the children of Israel in Egypt? That's where we became a nation. Not a religion. That's where the children, literally, the children of Israel became a nation. The nation of Israel was in our captivity in our dwelling in Egypt. And in coming out of there, that's when the Egyptian empire was destroyed. And we were led by uh, the servant Moses, his brother Aaron, Joshua Caleb, into the promised land. Fulfilling that promise, that God, the oath that God made to Abraham. Let's read on. Jeremiah chapter 16, now verse 15. I'm reading 14 15 again in, in continuity. Therefore, behold, the days come, saith the Lord, that it shall no more be said, the Lord liveth that brought up the children of Israel out of the land of Egypt. Verse 15. But the Lord liveth that brought up the children of Israel from the land of the north and from all the lands whither he had driven them. And I will bring them again unto their land that I gave unto their fathers. So the time's about to arrive. We're not going to be talking about the salvation of the Israelites out of Egypt out of ancient Egypt. That's not going to be mentioned. And that, that's the high holiday we hold to this day. That's what the Last Supper was. Christ's Last Supper was the observance 
of the Passover meal of when God delivered the nation of Israel from the, the slavery, the captivity of the Egypt, the ancient Egyptians. But he said, the time's going to come. We're not even going to be talking about that de deliverance. The time's going to come. That's not even going to be mentioned. That what's going to be celebrated is when God finally delivers the nation of Israel, the children of Israel, from the land of the north. And from all the lands, whether he had driven them, and I will bring them again unto their land that I gave unto their fathers. But we're going to be coming from where? The land of the north. And all this, brothers and sisters, is, is tying right back to, it all connects with what we're reading about in Revelation that we're about to get right back to. Let's go to Jeremiah now, chapter 23. Jeremiah now, chapter 23 and verse 7. Jeremiah chapter 23 and verse 7. And it says, Therefore, behold, the days come, saith the Lord, that they shall no more say, The Lord liveth, which brought up the children of Israel out of the land of Egypt. It's being repeated again. You know also about that dead horse? About how many times God does repeat himself? But we don't be paying attention. We don't be paying attention. Then when God gets mad, we're like, Why are you mad? You're so moody. Yeah, right. Verse 8, Jeremiah 23 and 8. But the Lord liveth, which brought up and which led the seed of Israel out of the north country. And from all countries, whether I have driven them, and they shall dwell in their own land. There's a lot to unpack with this, brothers and sisters, but did you notice how, again, it's talking, it's in a quick reference, that the seed of the house of Israel were going to be let out of the north country. And that we're going to dwell in our own land. So what's that telling you about the north? Is the North America our land? I need to get that. I need. I need to get that. 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 Uh, Jeopardy. Um. Uh. <laughs> I, I, I'm about to find a way to download that damn thing. Give you time to think about it. Well, Cat Williams, I'll wait. If the Lord is saying that He's going to bring us out of the North Country and bring us, and we're going to dwell in our own land, then is the land of North America? Our land? Is the land of North America where God had really originally predestinated for us? Was the land of North America where God had promised Abraham? Of where Abraham's seed and that promising going on and that oath going on to Isaac and then going on to Jacob. Was America a part of God's plan? God's plan. God's plan. God's plan was America a part of God's plan of the promise he made to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob about what land was going to be long to the children of Israel. Well, if we're going to be brought out of the north country and out of all the countries that we've been scattered and then we're going to dwell in our own land, if we're being brought out of the north country, that means we're not going to be dwelling in the north country. So then this must not be our land. 
There's so many things I want. I, want, I wish I could use right now. Message. But I know that's going back to some some movies and some references that a lot of people are probably not familiar with. So going back to, to Revelations, chapter eleven. Going back to Revelation chapter eleven now, and we're in verse eight. Revelation chapter eleven, verse eight, and it says, "And their dead bodies shall lie in the street of the great city." So hopefully now we get some understanding. Hopefully that that. I'm able to paint enough of a picture that people can now put this together. That it, hopefully your your mental process and mental comprehension is not so destroyed that, and I'm being detailed enough with some of these scriptures that you can start to put up. There's a picture being formulated in your mind about what God is talking about. All right, so Revelation chapter verse eight, and their dead bodies shall lie in the street of the great city, which spiritually is called Sodom and Egypt. And if we can't see that America is is is, is spiritually called, has the same spirit as Sodom, the brother Aisha White Desire from, from Albuquerque, shout out to you guys, he just sent me this thing today about voyeuristic disorder. Voyeuristic disorder is people who arrive sexual gratification off of spying on others, being sneaky that they literally derive sexual gratification from being sneaky and spying on others and getting away with it. I know the first question that came to my mind, how the hell did you found this? And this is not a shout out or gaslighting uh, at all, but that this, this is some of the, the sexual deviancy that the internet is giving access to people to where now these type of disorders, and it is a disorder, are being revealed through AI. So if we can't see that there's a place in the world that has the same type of, of sexual deviancy as what ancient Sodom had, and that we really can't put the picture together, put the, put the dots together, that, is, that North America fits this profile perfectly, Have y'all been checking the news out? I'm not sure if it tells Fox and Have y'all been seeing now how former President Trump, who who was impeached twice, is actually looking like he's going to win the, the the Republican nomination to run for president again here in 2024, even though he was impeached twice. I guess only in America. I guess only in America of why this place is called Babylon the Great, a place of great confusion. How the hell? And we can't see that all this is taking place here in North America? It was prophesied. God, it's not like God didn't already say what's going to happen, but did we trust, and we've been trusting God's word. Let's see. Revelation chapter 11, verse 8. And their dead bodies shall lie in the street of the great city, which spiritually is called Sodom and Egypt. And Egypt, what took place in ancient Egypt? Slavery. What's been taking place here in North America? Slavery. This, this, this you don't have to have, you don't have to be an engineer of rocket science to put some of these clues together. Unless God has given you a reprobate mind. Unless God is just, you've just pissed God off so much, he refused to let you see this. 
this seems elementary. Which spiritually is called Sodom and Egypt, where also our Lord was crucified. Now, we know Christ was crucified in Jerusalem at Calvary. We know this. That has a physical um, crucifixion. But what else about the Lord has been crucified? Where is the, the main image of Christ being put as white? Where is that being promoted the most, if not here in North America? With over 41,000 different Christian denominations. Where is the main charge of, of gay churches, gay Baptist churches with lesbian pa- uh, 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 pastors and deaconesses and prophetesses and gay ministers, Kitty Jakes, Kitty Snakes, uh, Bishop Eddie Longstroke? Where else can you find this but where the truth about Christ has been crucified? Along with the other clue of a spiritual Egypt. Another clue of spiritual Sodom and Gomorrah. Another clue of Israelites losing their purpose, losing their way. Not know who the hell they are or what the true purpose is. And Babylon the Great, a place of great confusion. This don't take a lot of deductive reasoning, y'all. It really doesn't. Verse 9. Revelation chapter 11, verse 9. It says, and they are the people and kindreds and tongues and nations shall see their dead bodies three days and a half and shall not suffer their dead bodies to be put in graves. Now, this three days and a half is symbolic or metaphorical or allegorical. Uh, it represents 350 years. All right. The 350 years being from the official start of slavery, even though slavery was going on before 1619, 1619 being the official start of slavery, if you count 350 years, Three days and a half. Three full days and a half, <coughs> which would be three and a half. If you count 350 years from 1619, 350 years gives you what? 1969. What just happened to happen in 1969? That's when a so-called white man claims he went to the moon. And the eagle has landed. All right? But we couple that with what we read, the prophecies in the book of Obadiah. And the prophecies in uh, Jeremiah chapter 49, it tells you about when the Lord was going to start the countdown of Esau's kingdom. What was going to mark the, 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 the countdown? You know, the 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. What was going to begin the countdown 16, uh, from 1619, the slave chapter when we came over here? Started coming when, when the, the southern, when Judah, the southern king of Judah, the southern Negro started coming on slave ships to the Americas, officially 1619, which coincides with the so-called white man going to the moon, which also coincides with the teaching that the Negroes, West Indians, Puerto Ricans, that we are the children of Israel, that we're not just Lalasa, we're not Black Panthers, we're not um, uh, uh, some labor union, but that we are the actual Israelites, all that coincides with 16 or 1969, 250 years after the official start of slavery, the official start of the slave trade, the transatlantic slave trade. To where now, that's why we weren't put in graves, because we weren't physically dead. We were, we were dead to our purpose. Dead to why, why God created us. 
and what our purpose is. All right? Now, check this out now. Revelation chapter 11, verse 10. Revelation chapter 11, verse 10. And it says, And they that dwell upon the earth shall rejoice over them and make merry and shall send gifts one to another. Because these two prophets tormented them that dwell on the earth. What were the gifts that were sent back and forth? Slaves. Slaves. We were the ones that were sent back and forth. And why? The nations were married, enjoying riches, enjoying wealth, enjoying luxury at our expense. At our expense. Living, uh, make America great again. All right? Revelation chapter 11, verse 11. Check it out, y'all. And after three days and a half, the spirit of life from God entered into them. What, the spirit of life, God's wisdom, God's knowledge, God's understanding started to enter back into us. We're not Negroes. We're not Baptists. We're not Methodists. We're not Episcopalian. We're not Seventh-day Adventists. We're not just some, some, uh, some Kappas, some Alphas, some Omegas. We're not the, the Pullman Porters uh, Union. We're not the Steelworkers Union. We're not the Truckers Union. No. We're not Black Panthers. We're not Crips and Bloods. We're not Pan-African. We're the Israelites. We are the Israelites. Now the life of, of God is now entering back into us, and it's now coming back to our purpose of what, why God created the Israelites and what our job, our duty to him is, what our priorities are supposed to be. Verse 11, and after three days and a half, the spirit of life from God, not from our slave masters, not from society, but from God, through what? His scriptures. But from what? His truth. Not from the opinion of our family, our fathers, who inherited lies. Who, when it comes to God, don't know what the hell they're talking about. Because they were never taught the Bible. They were never taught the word of God. That don't mean that I don't love my parents or my grandparents, but you know the truth, the truth should make us free. We're supposed to worship God in spirit and in truth. The truth of the matter is, my great-grandfather did not know what the hell it took to please God. So my great-grandfather didn't know what it took to please God. There's no way he taught my dad what it takes to please God. So that my dad could not teach me what it takes to please God. My great-great-grandmother did not teach my grandmother what it takes to please God. So my great-great-grandmother, there's no way in hell she taught my grandmother, my great-grandmother, who taught my grandmother what it takes to please God. There's no way in hell my grandmother taught my mother what it takes to please God. So we've had no life of what it means and how to please God. So, after three days and a half, Revelation chapter 11, verse 11. And after three days and a half, the spirit of life from God entered into them, and they stood upon their feet. Now we're going to stand upon our feet as what? Israelites understanding our purpose, understanding why God created us and what our duties and what our priorities should be revolving around. The spirit of life from God entered into them, and they stood upon their feet. And great fear fell upon them which saw them. That's why people are terrorized as they see, as they look around on the internet, 
and you see more and more Israelites waking up, whether they're wearing purple and gold, whether they're wearing all black, whether they're wearing uh, uh, they're wearing the fringes or all, all the mockery that's taking place, the 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 uh, the Power Rangers, the Avengers, will come forever. Jesus now, Moses now, all the mockery, but you're seeing an awakening taking place. All this is prophesied, brothers and sisters. This is we are in unprecedented times. We're in very historic biblical time right now, as we see so many Israelites waking back up to their nationality. Beautiful, God's word is coming true. All right, and it says, "And great fear fell upon them which saw them." Revelation chapter eleven, verse twelve. Now, Revelation chapter eleven, verse twelve. And they heard a great voice from heaven saying, "Unto them, come up hither." And they ascended up to heaven in a cloud. And their enemies beheld them. That as, again, when we put this together in Revelation chapter 7, about, uh, and they were sealed 144,000, that the wind should not blow on the earth or on the sea or any tree until the 144,000 were sealed. Once that takes place, that 144,000, 12,000 from each tribe get sealed. They hear the word of truth. They believe the word of truth. They trust the word of truth. Now they're sealed. Then we're going to be, there's going to be a voice from heaven saying, come up hither. And they ascended up to heaven in a cloud. And their enemies beheld them. Verse 13, Revelation 11, verse 13. And the same hour was there a great earthquake. And the tenth part of the city fell. And in the earthquake were slain of men 7,000. And the remnant were affrighted and gave glory to the God of heaven. The second woe is passed, and behold, the third woe cometh quickly. What, we just, what was just described is, is World War Three. The second World War I, World War II is gone, and now what was just described in Revelation chapter 11, verses 8 through 13, is World War Three. Now, um, when God destroys the sinful kingdom from off the face of the earth, yeah, in Amos chapter 9, when God first uh, gave that prophecy, it was referring to the sinful kingdom being the Israelites being destroyed. But we can see now the sinful kingdom is now America, is now Babylon the Great, is going to be destroyed and wiped off the face of the earth. Now, um, H H E H E A R heard red S red C. Um, now remember how we just read here. Let, let me pull it. Let me get this. Let me see if I can get this. Remember how we, we're reading right here. It says in Revelation chapter eleven verse thirteen. It says, "And the same hour was there a great earthquake, and the tenth part of the city fell, and in the earthquake were slain of men seven thousand." And the remnant were frightened and gave glory to the God of heaven. So the earth is going to quake. Right? The earth is going to quake. I hope we, we all kind of caught that, right? Let's go to Jeremiah chapter 49. Let's go to Jeremiah chapter 49 and verse 21. Well, that's, let's get Jeremiah 49 first. Um, let's go to Jeremiah chapter 49. Jeremiah chapter 49 and...
Oh, um, start at verse 17. Let's start at verse 14. Let's go to, uh, do I want to start at 12? Let's start at verse 12. Let's go to Jeremiah chapter 49 and verse 12. The book of Jeremiah chapter 49 and verse 12. The book of Jeremiah chapter 49 and verse 12. And it reads, For thus saith the Lord, Behold, they whose judgment was not to drink of the cup have assuredly drunken. Now, what comes is talking about? They who have ran from justice. Those that have ran from justice. Talk about the so-called white man. All right, that that they have been the most they have been the most evil people on the on the planet Earth, issuing judgment, issuing death, is, issuing uh, death, and there's been no justice. There has been no justice, issuing revenge and paybacks to the to the world, and no one's been able to pay them back. And the white man has been able to run rampant in this earth, but for a reason. That for the same reason God raised, rose up Pharaoh to show his power, God's let the so-called white man run around and just do whatever the hell he wanted with, with in, uh, what would seem like impunity. So that they could just get away. That, that's why they have a sense of entitlement. That's why, you know, we, we call them Karens. And I'm sure there's other nicknames for, for what white men are. They just have, they carry that sense of entitlement that they can do whatever the hell they want and everybody's supposed to submit because they're upset, because they're mad, because they're angry, because they're frustrated. That the world is supposed to bend to their will. Well, God has him, God has him in that mentality for a reason. So here in Jeremiah chapter 49, verse 12, it says, For thus saith the Lord, Behold, they whose judgment was not to drink of the cup have assuredly drunken. That they're going to cup, drink the cup of revenge, of fear, of trembling, of payback. They're going to get theirs. There's not going to be any escaping. Again, for thus saith the Lord, behold, they whose judgment was not to drink of the cup have assuredly drunken. And are thou he that shall altogether go unpunished? Thou shalt not go unpunished, but thou shalt surely drink of it. That you still got white people, and y'all know it. Y'all know that there's a payback coming. Y'all know it. That's why you, you push so hard for, for, for Trump to get back in office. You want to return back to those days where white people just had to rank. They could do whatever they wanted. They could kill whoever, do whatever, and there was no, no thought of retribution. That you could rape, rob, murder, kill, do whatever y'all wanted to with, and, and get rewarded for it even. And there was no court that could hold y'all guilty. There was, there was no court on earth that would hold y'all guilty for the things that y'all have done. To, to where this sense of entitlement has really been embedded in your members. It's in yourselves. That you really just feel entitled. And that you're not going to, that, that is manifest destiny. That's what your forefathers first came over with. Manifest destiny. That Y'all come over to the Americas in the pursuit of religious freedom, but look at what you did to the native, the so-called Native Americans in your pursuit of religious freedom. Look at what you did to Native Americans and not allowing them to continue in the religion of their forefathers. 
in the religion of their ancestors. Look at your hypocrisy. And then you come over here, you take their land, and all of a sudden it's your land. And then you have the, the, the audacity to come back and have this, this mentality of the illegals need to get out. Y'all forget the, the Spanish-American War. From Texas all the way up through, what's that, Montana, all the way over to Washington, D.C., or Washington State, down to California, Arizona, New Mexico, and all that land, that used to be Mexico. That used to be Mexico. And y'all got it. And now for what used to be Mexico, because y'all put a fence up, now illegal illegals is trying to come back on your land? Huh? Y'all forget the Louisiana Purchase. That y'all, y'all purchased essentially Louisiana, Alabama, Mississippi, and everything going north. That y'all purchased that from Napoleon? From the French and Indian War? That Look at the name of the states. They're French and so-called Native American. Missouri, Michigan, Kansas, Oklahoma, Dakota, Chicago. Those are Native American names. And, and, and you have the, this mentality that is yours? And that for people to come back into their ancestors' land, they're illegals? Yeah, yeah, the, the Trail of Tears, where you forced migrated people from, what was it, Georgia, North Carolina, Virginia, South Carolina, and forced marched them from their, their homelands, their ancestral land, to the, 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 the Dust Bowls of, of, of Oklahoma, Northern Texas. Eastern New Mexico, they found that they had oil on that land, and all of a sudden, your ass becomes a $5 Indian? Come on, y'all. Come on. I know that the, the one-hour time, uh, the two-hour time has elapsed. I'm about to end this class. I just want to go over this right here. All right? So in Jeremiah chapter 49, verse 12, it says, For thus saith the Lord, Behold, they whose judgment was not to drink of the cup, have assuredly drunken. And art thou he that shall altogether go unpunished? Thou shalt not go unpunished, but thou shalt surely drink of it. The time's going to come at that payback is coming. There is a God in heaven. All right? Verse 13. For I have sworn by myself, saith the Lord, that Basra shall become a desolation, a reproach, a waste, and a curse, and all the cities thereof shall be perpetual waste. 
Now, Basra is actually in the land of Egypt, land of Edom, which is, is, is south of Israel. All right, before you get, as you come from Israel, right before you by the end of Saudi Arabia, there was a land called Edom. And, and, and one of the capital cities of Edom um, was a, a city called Basra, which was known for its trade, right, which was known for its merchandise and its trade. Now, that was the physical actual location. But we understand that this is a metaphor or an allegory referring to a capital city of Edom, a so-called white people, a capital place that's going to be known for its treasures, known for its merchandise. And again, if, if y'all think that this is not alluding to North America, that has made the world rich and happens to be the leading country of all so-called white people, of the power structure. Come on, y'all. Stop it. Stop it. Verse 13. Jeremiah 49, 13. For I have sworn by myself, saith the Lord, that Basra shall become a desolation, a reproach, a waste, and a curse. And all the cities thereof shall be perpetual waste. Verse 14. I have heard a rumor from the Lord, and an ambassador is sent among the heathen saying, gather you, uh, gather you together and come against her and rise up to the battle. So this chief capital city of so-called white people, then the nations are going to gather themselves against this chief place, this capital place of merchandise that is controlled by Esau, controlled by the nation of Edom, controlled by so-called white people that the nations are going to rise up and say, let's rise up against this place in battle. This time is rapidly approaching, y'all. Verse 15. For lo, I will make thee small among the heathen and despised among men. Y'all remember the saying, Yankee go home, that the world has become so sick of the arrogance of so-called white people. How they bring their, their, their military they bring their doctrine, they bring their philosophy that once the military comes into a place with their democracy, right after that comes the, the prostitution and then the, the, the vices, the, 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 the drug use and the religion. And now the, the ancient traditions of whatever land they just conquered or invaded, all those get erased and it's about becoming Americanized or Westernized. But it's getting to the point where now the nations are rising up and saying, no, we're tired. America, get out. Your leash is done. The, 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 your time here in, in, in our land, y'all got to go. We're, we're taking back over our land. We're taking back over control. And then it's funny how you see a lot, a lot of leaders that are doing this, some of them die mysteriously or, 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 or overthrown in some type of coup. Saddam Hussein, Gaddafi. Uh, 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 that these leaders of all these countries that are rising up against America and want to let go of, of the, uh, the, the, the uh, American dollar, the, the, using the dollar to pay for greenbacks. They want to stop using greenbacks to, to purchase oil and let's use natural resources of, of our land. We have a lot of gold, so let's start using gold to buy and purchase our oil because America ain't got no gold left. Now, Fort Knox, forget about it. Done. Knowing that that would just completely economically ruin America. Then now all these leaders that are trying to raise up for their own countries, somehow being put to death in some type of coup. 
led by good, C, good old CIA, good old FBI of America. And the world is getting sick of this place. Verse 16, Jeremiah chapter 4, verse 16. Thy terribleness has deceived thee, and the pride of thy heart, O thou that dwellest in the clefts of the rock, that holdest the height of the hill. You know, king of the mountain, king of the hill. You've been on top of the world. And your military has got you there. But it says that your technology and how you've acquired and done things has deceived you. You thought it was all about you. Not realizing God's been setting you up the whole time. Reading on. Though thou shouldest make thyself, make, make thy nest as high as the eagle, I will bring thee down from thence, saith the Lord. And is it, again, maybe it's a coincidence, 1969, Y'all went to the moon, claimed y'all went to the moon, and said the eagle has landed. And that marked, right at that time, your boy Nixon gets caught. Watergate, he gets fired. Y'all lose the Vietnam, the Vietnam War. All of a sudden, uh, where America's riding high off the hog, y'all starting to crash. Your pump is being destroyed. Your your armor has a nick in it. You're weak. Verse 17. Also, Edom shall be a desolation. Everyone that goes by it shall be astonished and shall hiss at the plagues thereof. That the world is going to be looking at America saying, damn, look at what's happening. To at one time, America was America, home of the great. At one time, America was top of everything. And education, America used to be number one in education. Now, when it comes to, to like, scores, uh, and I don't know the actual numbers, but at one time where America was, had, had some of the greatest minds, American children are some of the dumbest children on the planet Earth right now. When it comes to the Reading, reading math and arithmetic, forget about it. The scores of, of reading comprehension, of understanding arithmetic, are so far below the standards of, of the other countries, it's almost laughable. The only reason why it's not laughable is because God said this is going to happen because it's about time. Because this damn sure is not my country. I ain't give a damn that we need to fight harder to make sure the education system standards in America come up. Why? That's going against God. God said he was going to bring this place down. But you have simple, stupid niggas trying to fight to keep the American dream going. Those who hate God among our people, they really want to see America come back. And we got to fight for the good old standards and, and, and morals of America. And we're going to fight against God because... I don't see what's wrong with America. Man of the free, home of the great. I can achieve things in America. You sell out. But, you know, scriptures talk about that, that our people have hated God since we came out of Egypt. Anyway, reading on. Jeremiah chapter 4, verse 18. As in the overthrow of Sodom and Gomorrah and the neighbor and the neighbor cities thereof, saith the Lord, no man shall abide there. Neither shall a son of man dwell in it. The times will come where, where this place, Bosworth, this chief capital city of all so-called white people, 
that is going to be no longer inhabited, which happens to be the land of the north. While you are fighting so hard for a piece of this place, God's preparing this place like the fat of Turkey to be destroyed, but you fighting to hold on here. Just as dumb as a box of rocks. Reading on, though, God did say that, that some people, he just did not give them his wisdom. Okay. Jeremiah 49, verse 19. Behold, he shall come up like a lion from the swelling of Jordan against the habitation of the strong. So God is going to come up like a lion from the swelling of Jordan, from the east. And remember, the, the scriptures talk about Christ coming at the, the, the lion of Judah. That's all throughout Revelations. Coming to bring vengeance and payback against those who have hurt his people. Reading on, no, Jeremiah 49, verse 19. But I will suddenly make him run away from her. And who is a chosen man that I may appoint over her? For who is like me? And who will appoint me the time? And who is that shepherd that will stand before me? So God, who's going to do things the way I want things? Who's going to destroy Edom the way God wants to destroy it? Who's going to be able to do this properly and correctly the way God wants it done? That, that's our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Verse 20. Jeremiah chapter 49, verse 20. Therefore, hear the counsel of the Lord that he hath taken against Edom and his purposes that he hath purposed against the inhabitants of Teman. Surely the least of the flock shall draw them out. Surely he shall make their habitation desolate with them. Where so where Esau is going to be living at, it's going to be destroyed. But now check this out, verse 40. This is the point I wanted to get to. Jeremiah chapter 49, verse 21. The earth is moved at the noise of their fall. And the cry, and the cry, the noise thereof was heard in the Red Sea. Are y'all hearing this? The earth is moved at the noise of their fall. Remember what we just read in Revelation chapter 11? That in the same hour, it's going to be said, it said, come up hither. And that the Israelites are going to be delivered in that same hour. At that same time, it said there's going to be an earthquake. Guess what that earthquake is? It's going to be the destruction of Babylon the Great. Where Esau's main merchant city is, is, is also the place of, which also happens to, to be geographically in the land of the north. That the earth is going to be moved at the noise of their fall. When all the nations have are letting loose their 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 their, their, their munitions, that's what I'm looking for. When they're letting loose their munitions on this place. If you're not part of that 144,000, if you're not part of that of, of, of those people, of those Israelites, that God's going to say, come up hither. At the same time that this place is being destroyed, from the climax of World War III, you will be perishing in this lake of fire of what's going to be from sea to shining sea. You will perish along with your false prophets, along with your false teachers, along with, since you love this place so much, you'll go down with it then. 
is going to shake the earth. I don't know if y'all have ever been in an earthquake. I've been in several. I've been, I've, 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 I was in Albuquerque when the tornado did touch down in Albuquerque back in 1987. Yeah, 86, 87. I've seen the actual touchdown, uh, tornado touchdown. I've been there. It was still a couple miles away. Um, it hit the mall. It hit the mall in the center of town at the time. Uh, Windrock and Coronado. But we was outside playing. Remember, I remember, reason I remember that because we were outside having football practice. <laughs> of course, I was, this is monarch weather. That while other other teams are scared running inside, we're gonna we're gonna keep this practice going. <laughs> yeah. So I've been in tornadoes. I've been in earthquakes. I've been in tsunamis. In uh, in, in, uh, in Japan, Okinawa. I've I've, I've been there. I've been a part of hurricane relief in in Puerto Rico, in North Carolina, Hurricane Hugo. My dad was uh, was in the Forest Service, um, so he was around forest fires. I've driven um, on the outskirts of forest fires, where the smoke is the 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 the, the, the sky is black with smoke. I was in war. I was over in Saudi Arabia. Uh, for Desert Storm um, and 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 uh, Desert Shield, and I was over there when Saddam Hussein lit up all them them oil fields, and all them oil fields were on fire, and you could not see the sun for all the smoke from the burning oil. I've seen these disasters. To be in an earthquake, you know how when people take an airplane ride, and the plane lands. And they get out the plane and they go to some place and they kiss the ground because they feel so happy to be on the ground. Something that's solid, something that's secure, something that that, that 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 seems anchored. Or they might get into a ship, a boat, and you go out into the water and you get seasick and you can't wait to get back on land. And you get out and you hug the land or even kiss the land because it's solid, because it, 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 it's it's there, it's anchored. So you feel safe and secure? It's something else to be in an earthquake and what, you, what you're standing on won't stop moving. What you've been counting on that you stand on that's solid won't stop moving. And the building that you look for for security, for safety, for, for, for an anchor is swaying back and forth everywhere. This steel concrete structure that you're in is swaying like a kite in the wind. Like a wet spaghetti. You feel absolutely helpless. You know that there's absolutely nothing you can do but just wait to see if death is going to finally just take you. When the Lord finally destroys Sodom and Gomorrah, the spiritual place called Sodom, the spiritual place called Babylon the Great, the spiritual place called Egypt, which happens to be in the land of the north, it's going to shake the entire planet. That the noise is going to be heard over at the Red Sea. The mental image I get when I think about something I can try and compare this to 
is if you see a boxer and you get a speed bag and you see that strong ass boxer punch the speed bag, how the whole bag just just put It's gonna be like God is is punching the earth and his fist is gonna hit right on America. Right on Babylon the Great. And it's going to shake the whole earth. It's not going to be any mistake in who's doing this. It's not going to be, oh, I had a dream last night when I woke up from the dream. I had this dream that the earth was, no. It's not going to be like no dream you've ever had. It's going to be straight reality. This is what the Lord is bringing. This is what the Lord is bringing. So we can go ahead and try to ignore we can go ahead and, and, and continue on in whatever fantasy that we're and we we can continue hearing the word of truth, but not believing the word of truth, not trusting the word of truth. That's on us. That is not going to stop God's prophecies, not in the least bit. So that, brothers and sisters, the two hours has expired. Um, we didn't even touch on what the topic I wanted to get you to tonight. I'm going to come back and rename this class. Uh, I think I'll rename it. Um, what am I going to rename this class? Let me close this window. Close this window. Close this window. No, I don't need this right now. Um, I'm going to rename this. I'm going to rename this class. Uh, being sealed. I'm going to rename this class Being Sealed. So it'll, it'll, it'll come up in on Google Podcasts, on iHeartRadio Podcasts, on Podcast Addict, on uh, I'm going to adjust it in uh, the Blocks of Radio Library. Uh, being Sealed. All right? Being, being Sealed. Being still trusting in God. That's what I'm, I'm going to put. Being still trusting in God. I'm going to, I'm going to rename the class that. And then tomorrow morning, uh, since I'm not working working tonight, uh, tomorrow morning, I'll come back with class tomorrow morning, and we'll, we will go over uh, Build Your House on the Rock, uh, Part 5, that many among them shall, fall, shall stumble and fall. That we want to make sure that what you're standing on, what you, what you believe in, what you're standing 10 toes down on, that you want to make sure that it it, it it better be solid, solid as a rock. Dum, 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 dum. Hope you, what we're standing on, what you're building, because everybody is going to be judged on what you're building. Every one of us is going to be judged on what you're building with the word of God. And what you're not building with the word of God. Everybody's going to be judged. Every one of us. So with that, brothers and sisters, I am going to uh, bring tonight's show to an end. Uh, thank you, everybody, for, for, for tuning in. Um, and my apologies that it was not Tazapa uh, who had, had the realm, along with his wife and their support uh, with class tonight. It was me. Uh, the, the most I say the same, I will uh, do the class tomorrow morning, uh, blog talk tomorrow morning. And then we'll come back hopefully on Thursday, and you'll be able to hear from the, the, the teacher, uh, Tazapa, on Thursday. And I'm going to check to see when, when we can be blessed. Uh, to get Brother Nagaya back on the microphone. All right? So with that, Brother Sisters, thank everybody again for tuning in. 
And with that, we're going to say shalom. Yahweh is one.